This is Jared Martin. I'm the star of Dallas, uh, War of the Worlds, Fantastic Journey, um, How the West Was Won. I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond, and I hope you enjoy this. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Well, it's the start of another week, and it's another episode of On Screen and Beyond coming your way. This is episode 187. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as remakes, upcoming movies, sequels, TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the TV, movie, or music industry. This week, we have a great and a very interesting guest coming your way. It is Jared Martin, who played Dusty Farlow on Dallas, and he also starred in War of the Worlds, the TV show, and The Fantastic Journey with Roddy McDowell, How the West Was Won, and so much more. And Jared's going to be coming up in a few minutes, and he's got some great stories to share with us, and I hope you're going to stick around for that. And let's see, I want to thank all the people who sent emails this week, got a whole bunch this week, and um, they're, they're from all over the world. And one in particular mentioned that they found the site a month ago and they have listened to every single episode while they were working and exercising at the gym. So, you know, that's over 185 episodes. So they, they've really been listening to On Screen and Beyond, I guess. And uh, they said that uh, they particularly like the 60s TV stars that we've had on the show. And they enjoy listening to them and hear their stories and everything. And uh, they hope that I'll have more. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to try. We'll see what we can do about getting more 60 stars on the show. And, of course, uh, we'll get all kinds of other stars, too. But uh, we'll see what we can do about getting some of them. And if you uh, would like to contact me, you can email me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And what do you say? Let's check out the, this week's remakes coming your way on Remake Madness next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, it continues. Phineas and Ferb, the Disney Channel cartoon, is now headed to the big screen for a debut on the big screen. And the book Ender's Game will be remade into a film on March 15th, 2013. And you can look for a remake of... Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise, Cannonball Run. It's in the works from Warner's Brothers, and there's no firm stars as set on it as yet, but we'll keep you updated. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen or Beyond, we're going to take a little look at what's coming away as far as upcoming movies. Upcoming movies that are not remakes or sequels, well, a romantic zombie film called Warm Bodies, starring John Malkovich, will stroll into theaters on August 10th of 2012. And Sinister, a film about a man who finds a film that can reveal the truth about a family that was murdered. Ethan Hawke will star in that one. That's coming away on August 24th of 2012. And Woody Harrelson will star in Now You See Me in 2013 about an illusionist, or a group of illusionists actually, who are also bank robbers. Watch out for that one. That is it for upcoming movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we go down to Sequel City and find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sequel City, well, it looks like a sequel to Red with Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, John Malkovich, and Helen Mirren is in the works. And Sherlock Holmes 3 is in the works with the screenwriter of Iron Man 3. And you can look for, uh, well, the Avengers isn't even out yet, but you can look for Avengers 2, as they're already planning and getting it underway in the preliminary stages. Mainly, they're deciding which heroes, which superheroes, will be in it in the feature. So, that is it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen Beyond, we're going to find out what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, here comes The Brides. The complete second season heads to DVD in a six-disc set from Shout Factory on February 28th. And on February 21st, look for Hazel, the complete second season, to hit stores. And Police Woman, the complete second season starring Angie Dickinson, comes your way to DVD in a six-disc set on February 7th. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen to Beyond, we take a peek at what's coming away as far as movies coming out on DVD. Next, right here on On Screen to Beyond. <laughs> movies coming out on DVD. Well, Dolphin Tale with Morgan Freeman swims its way into your hearts. And on DVD on December 20th, Hop, the animated feature with Russell Brand, brings its animated bunny to DVD on March of 2012. And Tower Heist with Ben Stiller and Eddie Murphy arrives on DVD and Blu-ray in March. That is it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Jared Martin and talking with him about his time on Dallas as Sue Ellen's boyfriend, Dusty Farlow. Remember that? And also his time on uh, the TV shows War of the Worlds, and also, of course, he was in The Fantastic Journey. He's going to talk about all those in its next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining me today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who has starred in TV shows such as The Fantastic Journey and War of the Worlds, guest starred on The Love Boat, Magnum P.I., Murder, She Wrote, and many, many more, and played the role of Stephen Dusty Farlow, Sue Ellen's boyfriend on Dallas. It's Jared Martin. Jared, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thanks very much. Your career has been amazing about the, the number of TV shows that you have been in. It's just incredible. Well, uh, I look at it this way. I hit a good streak about the middle of 1970s, and I just kept on working until the middle of the 1990s, and then I took my money and I went home. <laughs> now, was your object when you were a kid to become an actor? Is that what you wanted to do? I wanted to be an ichthyologist, and for those of you who don't know what yeah, that might be... <laughs> That's uh, somebody who studies fish. Why, I don't know, excepting uh, my parents had goldfish, and I studied them a lot as a kid, so I figured I'd just make that my profession. That didn't quite work out because I couldn't swim, and 
I was a loner, a kind of a pudgy kid, and acting basically rescued me from being kind of semi-isolate. Uh, I joined an acting group. I had a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed being on stage, and I just stayed with it. I stayed with it through high school. I stayed with it through college. And then when I came out, I tried a two-year stint at the New York Times. That didn't work out. I went back to acting, and I never really left. Now, that's one of the most amazing things that I hear from probably more than half the actors I've interviewed is that they were actually quite shy when they were young. And, you know, of course, you see them on, the, on, on film and TV and everything, and, and it's not what you expect. I was – this is true. Uh, I was shy. And if you're interested in really inhabiting your life, you, you, you set to work to develop a mechanism which overcomes the shyness. And sometimes that develops into acting. Um, I still am shy, uh, but I reach back, I use this mechanism, I make eye contact with people, I say what's on my mind, uh, I'm respectful of the space of other people. And a lot of these mechanisms really translate into, into acting, speaking out, making contact, um, inhabiting the space you're, you're, you live in. So, yeah, a lot of people were shy, and acting rescued them. Now, looking over your films that you've done, uh, shows that you've done, um, let's start with War of the Worlds. That was, a, 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 of course, a classic movie that uh, was adapted. Um, how was it working on that show, and how did you get the part? See, I got the, originally, they wanted Michael Nouri. Something came up. They reached out for me. They flew me up to Toronto. I did one of the world's worst, worst auditions. I, I, couldn't, I felt like putting a bullet through my head. I flew back. I forgot about the show. Then I got a, an early cell phone call. I, I don't think cell phones existed at that time. I was in a, um, a mall in Orange County. Call your agent immediately. I called my agent, and they said, congratulations, you got the part. I couldn't believe it. I was flabbergasted. Then they said, and you have to leave tomorrow. So I had to go home, pack all my stuff, close down my house. I was going to be up there for it. was a, They did, did a buyout for the year. I was going to be up there for a year. My life completely changed in that moment. And uh, I went to Canada, and uh, I didn't come back to Hollywood for another two years. Hmm. Was it a good set to work on? It was a good set. I liked the first year better than the second. Um, I met a good friend of uh, Richard, Richard Chavis. He was a good buddy of mine. We had a lot of laughs. Um, the show was a little brighter. The stories are a little deeper, more involved, more character-driven, oriented. The second um, year, basically, I, I had a, a lost Richard and gained Adrian. Uh, we were good buds. We worked together. Actually, rewrote some of the scripts together. But it was shot at night simply because there were a lot of explosions. Explosions during the day, like kissing your sister. They don't work. At night, you see them. So we had to sh we or our schedule uh, basically turned the, the clock around until we'd show up at work around 5 o'clock and work through the evening. Uh, we shot it in Canada. We shot it during the winter. It was cold. It was dark. Sometimes it got pretty lonely. Um, so the working conditions, to make a long story short, were very, very difficult. Very difficult. And um, you get a little tired of that. But I didn't want the show to end, and it did end. So I went home, and now I can't complain anymore.
a lot of, a lot of good shows actually end, and, and it's, I don't know why. <laughs> Usually if I like the show, it doesn't last. Which is <laughs> well, I think, I think the standard thing is uh, they end because not enough people are looking at them. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is there any role that you particularly enjoy doing over others? I liked Harrison, War of the Worlds. Uh, I liked uh, Frank Grayson and how the West was won. I liked Varian very much in Fantastic Journey. Um, I've also done Shakespeare. Um, and I did, uh, on stage, I did uh, The Crucible, John Proctor. Mm-hmm. So there you go, there's four roles. Now, on Fantastic Journey, um, I was just looking for the pictures. I thought you you had uh, you worked with Roddy McDowell, right? I did. Yeah, Roddy came on. He came on board. Uh, we did the pilot. They fired half the cast. I survived. Strangely enough, that experience was recapitulated in the world of the world. They fired half the cast. I survived. So, um, and then Roddy came. <coughs> excuse me. When the pilot was picked up, and they went in, uh, they they bought a half season. Roddy came on. And I worked with him, and I really enjoyed it. Roddy's a real pro. If you're not a pro, and you're not up to Roddy's standards, uh, it's kind of like watch out. I mean, if you can't hit the marks, and you don't know the lines, and you know, if you're not prepared. But I was. And uh, we had a wonderful relationship. He was a brilliant man, bright. It's like working with a living legend who is an ex- also a very accessible and warm human being. Now, you mentioned that on both those shows that people turned around and um, they, they, the producers or whoever cut the cast in half and threw it out and started over, basically. Does that happen very often? It happened to me twice. I only did five series, so that's, a, that's 40%. Right, yeah. Um, I, so by my own experience, I guess it happens enough. Do they just decide that, uh, okay, this isn't working, so we're going to just start them over? I don't think they, they just sit around... I think they they do tests, they do audience surveys, they do those little hand you those little cards they, that you fill out, and they find this this person is not as popular as that person. Then they project storylines and see if the particular character you're playing is has got enough meat on its bones to last into the future. Um, I still, for the you know, we'll never figure out why they dropped Richard from the first uh, from War of the Worlds, but. Um, they did so. Now, Dallas, of course, a huge hit, humongous. Uh, how did you come about getting the part of Dusty? Okay, it goes back to Fantastic Journey. One of the producers of Fantastic Journey was a gentleman named Leonard Katzman. Um, a couple of years went by. Um, Leonard apparently liked me on Fantastic Journey. He liked me enough to cast me. I thought he was a cool guy. I gave him a bonsai tree. I remember. And then when Dallas came up, uh, it went on. Nobody thought it was going to be a success. And it became this, this monster hit, this monster, monster mega hit. In the second season, they um, wrote a 
the character of Dusty Farlow in. And Leonard just cast me, just reached out and said, you're it. Wow. You remember me from Fantastic Journey. And I went to work for him for five years. And so go Leonard. He's not with <laughs> us anymore, but wherever he is, go Leonard and thank you. Now, how, how was it working on Dallas? Uh, did, did all of a sudden uh, the recognition factor would go sky high as you walked around the streets and everything? Um, well, I knew it was a different show. Don't forget, it was the second season. When I showed up at MGM, and I walked into the parking lot, and I saw every car in the parking lot was a Mercedes-Benz. Uh, I think I was driving a Carmen Ghia, dented Carmen Ghia. The top wouldn't go up at the time. I realized this was a different show, and it was. It was like working in the an aircraft carrier, well-oiled, sleek, uh, run like a... A, a factory or a law office. Um, the stars showed up midday. They didn't show up really early. Uh, everything ran according to Hoyle, ran according to, you know, a clock. It was basically, it was Larry's show, and then the constellation graded down to uh, Linda, Victoria, Patrick, et cetera, Steve, Canale, nice guy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then there were the second tier of actors like myself and other people who would fill in. And um, so it wasn't, it wasn't like sailing a little pirate ship, like War of the Worlds was, or kind of a cutting edge, kind of ramshackle adventure like uh, Fantastic Journey. It was like, I guess, a law office. It's the closest thing that I could come to. It wasn't exciting. It wasn't tremendously fulfilling. There were times when I would go to Dallas and spend most of the summer there and work one day a week. Wow. And I'd drive around in, in a purple Cadillac, which the auto pool gave me, and uh, wonder, hmm, is this success? I just wonder what I'm doing here. And um, so that's basically what it was like. You put them all together. I think I was in 35, maybe 40 episodes. Yeah. I never really counted. A considerable body of work liked the character. He never really popped, however, because in order for him to pop, you'd have to replace J.R. and uh, consummate the relationship with Sue Ellen, and that never was going to happen because on soap operas, people are not supposed to be happy. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so as far as being fulfilling, that was not as fulfilling as, say, War of the Worlds? In a word, yes, it was not as fulfilling. It was considerably more lucrative. Oh, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure of that. <laughs> now, um, of course, we see a lot of things on the Internet, and I noticed that it said that your roommate in college was Brian De Palmer. Is that true? Yeah, that is true. Wow. He's my oldest friend. Still is. We Skype once a week. I went up and had dinner with him a couple of Fridays ago. Great guy. So were, were, did you know each other and you asked to be roommates when you were in college, or did the, you just happen to get put together? No, actually, he was a great ahead of me. He came up and tapped me on the shoulder and said, do you want a room together? I looked at him and said, this guy's different. I said, okay, sure, why not? I was, you know, I didn't know anybody. And it really worked out like gangbusters. He was a young director. I was a young actor. We made a lot of five-minute films. That I don't know where they are now, but... He's, he's an amazing guy, One of the, probably the most intelligent person, brilliant, brilliant man. I wonder if any of those can be, you know, will pop up on the Internet anytime. time. <laughs> mm, I sincerely doubt it. The first film that he made in the, that era 
was a film called Wotan's Wake, Wotan's Wake, which won the Rosenthal Award, and that was made in 1962, mm -hmm. I think. So you can you can Google that, but the others are all gone. What would you consider as your inspirations as far as acting when you were growing up? Who were your inspirations? Who I love movies. I uh, lived outside of New York, so I didn't go to see art films. I was a young kid. I went to see like double bills. I sit in the balcony and I'd watch, you know, westerns and uh, Kirk Douglas and Burt Lancaster, James Dean especially, uh, were just terrific. They were my idols. And so I grew up thinking of acting in kind of a he-man type thing. I wanted to be a lead, a leading actor. And I looked at myself as fudgy, strange little boy. And um, I gradually worked on it, and it happened. I became a leading man. Jared, I noticed that uh, you you're have paintings here, and the detail is incredible. Can you tell us about that? Well, thanks for noticing, um, and the compliment. Uh, I'm not a painter. I wish I was. My father was a painter, actually, a professional artist. Uh, these images start with photographs, and then I begin to do strange things to them. Uh, manipulate them, add color, add uh, other elements. Uh, I take them into Photoshop. I do filtration. Oh, it's so computerized. It's computerized, oh, yes. Okay. It, it, everything is very neat and, and tidy. Um, no big paint splotches on the walls. Uh, I started about five years ago, and I've proceeded to the point now where uh, the images <laughs> that you were looking at, which are 16 by 20, are now seven feet long. They're huge. They're mounted on wood panels and they're covered with uh, wax and resin. They weigh about 80 pounds to handle. And to make a long story short, uh, I'm having my first show on November 11th at the Bill Lowe, Lowe with an E, L-O-W-E, gallery in Atlanta. And I'm pleased as punch and I hope they sell. Yeah, they're beautiful. You're going to need a truck to drive them, <laughs> drive away with them. So these are are just uh, photos of of those 80 pound pictures. No, actually, these are. This is what I was going through about two to three years ago. Oh, okay. And I had them in a drawer, and um, and uh, Mike said, uh, "Yeah, sure, bring them up." He's a really generous guy, and he said, "Bring them up, and you know, clean them up, sell them if you want to." And I'm very happy. Sold about eight. Uh, very happy to. Let them out. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I, I just want to uh, finish up. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Uh, but uh, with two questions that are more personal. As far as your favorite TV shows of all time, not, not, not ones you worked in, but ones you would just enjoy to kick back and watch, what would, what would that be? Well, <laughs> you're not going to get too much out of me on that. Um, you don't watch TV, that's right. <laughs> I, no, I do, but I watch it selectively. Uh, mm -hmm. There was a, an English series called Pole Dark. P-O-L-D-A-R-K, yep. which I really loved. Um, why? I have no idea. It just struck a vein. Um, um, I, Claudius. Yes. Yep. Loved. I loved the uh, hornblower things, Horatio hornblowers. I loved Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. Um... I'm tempted by The Walking Dead, although I don't like to look at it alone because I'm impressionable and then I can't sleep at night because those <laughs> guys are always coming in the window. You know? It is a good series, though. It is a good series. Yeah. Good series. Well produced. Yeah. and Heard. Um, and that's 
Good Lord, that's about it, other than the sports and the news, which is pretty much always yeah. depressing. <laughs> what about films? What are your favorite films of all time? Oddly enough, a Chinese film, Hong Kong film called Rouge, R-O-U-G-E, directed by, I believe, Stanley Chow and starring uh, Anita Mui, who is now dead. It has become my most famous uh, favorite go-to film. I also love Seven Samurai, uh, Kurosawa's. I love The Leopard, uh, Visconti directed with Lancaster. Um, and then the usual, you know, I'll always look at Lawrence of Arabia, um, On the Waterfront, uh, all of those films. I haven't seen anything recently in the last couple of years that I would write home about, however. Well, Jared, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I've enjoyed this. You got it. I've enjoyed it, too. What a wonderful guest, Jared Martin. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. He was gracious enough to sit down and uh, talk to me with all this stuff going on and everybody wanting to talk to him and everything, but I appreciate it very much that he took the time to talk to us. If you ever get a chance, his photos, paintings, uh, just incredible. You, you really got to see him to appreciate him. Well, that's about it. Uh, next week, we head to the world of rock and roll. So I hope you're going to join us here at On Screen and Beyond next week. And it's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. And until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care. Uh -huh.